G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Our Town Limestone Coast Sports Shorts Podcast. Boy, have we got a jam-packed podcast for you this morning. Let's get it underway. The southeast fishing industry has been dealt a blow after a viral disease was detected in the region's wild abalone. It's a story that Tom has been talking about this morning. We need to talk more about it. Nathan joins me. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Ewan. How are you? You're good. Nathan, you're involved with the uh, the Rock Lobster Fishers. And, uh, well, I am assuming that this is going to uh, to impact a, a huge industry in the limestone coast. Uh, yeah, what we know so far, Ewan, is that, um, you know, sort of all commercial fishing activity um, from within, um, you know, what Biosecurity SA and PERSA are calling, you know, a control zone, which runs from sort of Neen Valley uh, in the west to uh, the Victorian border, you know, reaching out to, you know, as much as sort of five nautical miles offshore, um, you know, essentially for that, you know, for the next two-week period. Uh, no, um, you know, commercial or recreational um, fishing activities from within that area. So, yeah, um, certainly having uh, an impact on, um, you know, on the commercial rock lobster sector. So what sort of impact will that have on you guys? I mean, obviously it's going to, to have a huge impact on the, the abalone uh, fishers as well. But for you guys, it's a, uh, it's a, a multi-million dollar industry. Yeah, for sure. Look, first and foremost, our, like our thoughts are, are definitely with um, the Southern Zone um, abalone industry uh, and the operators, um, you know, within that industry. We're certainly thinking uh, of them at the moment. Um, yeah, from our perspective, um, we're relatively fortunate uh, because our season started on the 1st of September um, and the vast majority of our quota has actually been caught. I think we're about 90% through, uh, about 130 tonne left to catch. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't, you know, certain individuals that operate out of um, out of Port Macdonald that, yeah, would be quite nervous and stressed um, about exactly, you know, sort of how long this, this controlled um, area is going to remain in place for. And Nathan, obviously, not only it's not only is it going to be professional fishermen that are impacted over the next two weeks, um, uh, recreational fishers are also going to be impacted. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, yes, rec fish um, have certainly been involved in um, the correspondence that we've been receiving from uh, from Persa uh, and the incident management team. Um, and yeah, so yeah, so my understanding is that rec fishing within that exact same area. Um, you know, will also be halted um, until at least the 8th of March. And, yeah, I'm sure it's having a pretty big impact on um, on that sector and, yeah, and also, um, you know, that specific region and, um, and, and tourism into that region. Nathan, great to talk to you this morning. Um, I hope there's some good news in two weeks' time. Thanks for joining us this morning, mate. Cheers. Thanks, Ewan. Now, restrictions in the controlled area mean you cannot fish from shore or boat Anchor for the purpose of fishing activities. Use commercial fishing or abalone equipment. Use hoop nets, bait traps, hauling nets or abalone levers for recreational fishing. Uh, Collect any abalone, rock lobsters, sea urchins or other aquatic invertebrate, live or dead. You can find out more at perza.gov.au. This is our town. Now, taking a look at what's going on across the Limestone Coast, one of the things that took place on the weekend, there was an open day, an information session for the team at Meals on Wheels. I caught up with Brian last week to talk about it. Meals on Wheels desperately need support from the Limestone Coast, and you can volunteer for as little as two hours 
each and every fortnight. Here's what Brian had to say. Mills on Wheels Mount Gambia started in 1963. Last year, we did almost 30,000 meals prepared in our kitchen. Meals on Wheels cater to people who, for some reason or other, may not be able to prepare a meal in their own home. Mm-hmm. They, they might live on their own. They might have just had surgery. They might have severe arthritis that they can't actually lift the saucepan. And those people really do appreciate the contact every day. As I said, some of them might live on their own. We look at it as a, a safety check because if we don't get an answer from the person, we will then contact that person's carer and we get some action just to, just to make sure they're okay. It's a great team down there. They get a sense of giving back to somebody who might be a little bit less fortunate. Um, they can drive as a deliverer or they can go with the driver as a deliverer. They could do administration in our office or they could go in our kitchen just for a, for a couple of hours. If you've ever thought of volunteering and have a couple of hours every fortnight to spare, the team at Meals on Wheels would love to hear from you. This is our town. During the week, some great news broke. It was all about the Men's Christmas Appeal. So I've got her on the line. The Mayor of the Blue Lake City, Lynette Martin. Good morning. Good morning, Ewan, and good morning, listeners. Lynette, there was some sensational news this week about the Mayor's Christmas Appeal and how much money you have managed to raise. I know. $40,128.64, which is just fantastic, Ewan. Considering the increasing cost of living, it was amazing to see that our wonderful community continued to think about others and what they might need to enjoy the festive season. Because as we know, the cost of living affects everyone, including the ability for people to donate. So I'm just so grateful to our community for their support at this time. Now, Lynette, what it means is that you set up 2024-2025 Christmas this year really, really well with a, a huge chunk of change to help people who are in need. That's exactly right. And the the funds raised through the appeal are distributed to the local support agencies, including Uniting Care, AC Care, St Vincent de Paul and the Salvation Army. And they provide the food hampers, vouchers and gifts through the Christmas cheer program to those people who, for many and varied reasons, may not be able to enjoy the Christmas that most of us are able to. So, you know, they um, supported 816 families. That included 826 adults, 626 children and teenagers. So that is huge. And I must say the agencies did report an increased demand for support. And in some cases, up to 50% more than last year. So you can see the need is there. And I'm just so grateful to the community for supporting the Mayor's Christmas Appeal once again. Hey, Lynette, it, it highlights why I bang on about the fact that I love living in the Limestone Coast. Absolutely, Ewan. And I want to thank you for your support too throughout the appeal and particularly on Parade Day when you and I walked Commercial Street. I had an absolute <laughs> ball. It was the most fun I've had in years. <laughs> Well, we'll do it again this year, Ewan. <laughs> Sounds, make it a date. Lynette, <laughs> congratulations on 
was such a sensational result. 40 grand is, is absolutely huge. Lynette, we'll talk soon. Thank you, Ewan. Have a good day. To the OK Pie Shop. Book a pie drive for your next fundraiser. It's the Limestone Coast's Sport Shorts, the summer edition. It's the Lobster Coast Sports Shorts podcast. We are talking footy. Girls footy is underway as we speak. Tony Ellison joins me on the line for a shout about it. Tony, good morning. You and great to be with you again. Thank you. Now, mate, another interesting weekend of footy. Yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of uh, action up in the upper southeast around Kaibi and Mandala, which is good to get the footy up there and for those clubs to not have to travel for a, uh, for a term, which is great. But, um, yeah, the first game at Kaibi was... Uh, Bangwari played Casson and Casson have had a, a bit of a tough couple of weeks with getting some players together, but they um, they got back to pretty much full strength this week and had a really commanding victory over Nangwari. Nangwari, again, uh, had a crack, but, um, yeah, they, they sort of went down by 20 goals. But, yeah, that again, their first year in the competition, they'll, they'll get better as they go. But, uh, yeah, Casson, for them, would have been pleasing to really get back on track and feel like they're... they're back on their way after a really promising start. So the, the next the same time, Mandela... Uh, the Mandela ground, uh, Panola played Millicent. Panola have been really strong, um, get Millicent scoreless. Uh, again, Millicent still still fairly uh, fresh to the to the women's game, but, um, uh, you know, their football club's been really successful lately, so I'm sure there's a lot of support around them. But Panola really strong, really went well and, and won quite comfortably. And then at, at Kybe, uh, the second game at Kybe, Kybe went on the Emery way and, and uh, knocked off South Gambia. South Gambia had... It's shown some improvement over the last couple of weeks, but the travel and, and obviously uh, playing against experienced Kobe sort of proved to be too much. And in the last game in Mandala, Mandala played North Gambia and, and bit of a, probably not so much an upset, but um, probably the, the margin would have surprised most people. But Mandala uh, scored 100 points to uh, North Gambia 19, so that was probably a bit of a shock, but the Mandala Tigers certainly are, are a club with uh, that are going places. So, yeah, again, a little bit lopsided, but... a. a, a a pretty competitive on-field uh, round of matches. Now, Tony, how is the ladder looking as we make our way through the season? Yeah, we've only got a few more rounds to go. So the, at the moment, Mandala are, are sitting top. Uh, they're um, they're pretty much, I think they're a game and a half clear of Panola. So it's Mandala, Panola, North Gambia and Caston and make up the top four. Uh, just outside of that is Kybe. They're only a game behind Caston. Um, so it'll be interesting to see going into the last couple of weeks, whether they can make that ground up. But then we've got outside of the four, we've got Kaibi, Kongrong, Millicent, South Gambia, and, and then uh, Nangwari. So uh, pretty still, it's all fairly close there. The, I know that the, um, there's two lots of finals where the top four teams and then the next four teams play in the finals. So they have a Division One and a Division Two come that time. So there'll be some interesting uh, games coming up to see how that shapes for the rest of the year. And Tony, for people who want to watch games this weekend, where are you guys playing? This week, round seven, we're at Kongarong and Kybe again. So, yeah, so you can go to Kongarong or Kybe. So wherever you are in the Lifestone Coast, I'm sure you'd probably be able to get to a ground, which is great. Tony, we'll catch up next week. We'll talk more footy. Have a great weekend. Good on you. Thanks, you, and good to speak to you. It's the Lobster Coast Sports Shorts podcast, and we are talking softball. Sonia is back. Sonia, good morning. Good morning on this beautiful morning. <laughs> Sonia, another couple of cracking games at the Blue Lake Sports Park on the weekend in softball. Oh, hell yes, there was. Um, brilliant games again. Um, um, 
the scores again um, quite high with some of them. So as they go, it's Demons 18 defeated Bandits nil with lots of safe hits. Uh, Warriors 6 defeated Concords Whites 3. And in the third game, Concords United defeated Wanderers 4. Good games um, and um, lots of batting and lots of safe hits. Now, this weekend, you guys are going to be back in action? Yep, this is the last game um, for the rounds. And uh, following that, we start finals. So this is the do and die for some of them. So um, it should be good games out there starting at 1 o'clock at Blue Lake Sports Park. Sonia, we will catch up next week. We'll talk some more. Have a great week, all right? Yep, thank you. You too. The Limestone Coast Sports Shorts Podcast. We are talking baseball. Travis is back. Travis, good morning. Good morning. Travis, on the weekend, huge couple of days at the Blue Lake Sports Park. Tell me what happened. Yeah, so uh, last weekend um, we had a big milestone in the baseball as well as uh, for Centrals. We had Al Crouch who played his 1,000 baseball games. So that was a, a big weekend for Centrals Baseball Club but also for Al Crouch. So the Mount Gambier District Baseball League would like to congratulate Al Crouch on 1,000 games of baseball. Absolutely. Big shout out to him. That is a huge achievement. It is, it is. It's a, uh, a milestone that hasn't been reached. Um, so uh, he's done very well. And also his wife, Karen, who's been there all the way through it as well. Now, take us through the games on the weekend. So Division 1, Friday night, Central's defeated South 8-0. And then on Saturday night in Division 1, Tigers defeated Federals 4-3 in a close game. Um, that, sound, that game there looks like that's going to be the maybe the prem final, so it'll be an excellent, excellent game of baseball. Division 2, Millicent defeated Central 6-3. South defeated Federals 17-7. In Division 3, Central's defeated Central Magpies 16-5. Tigers defeated South 11-1. Millicent defeated Narrowcourt, but we didn't get the scores. We only got told that there was a win. Uh, big league, so under-18s, Central's defeated South, 6-4. Tigers defeated Federals, 14-6. In the junior league, South defeated Central's, 14-9. And then Central's defeated Tigers, 9-4. In the little league, Central's defeated Federals, 10-2. And South defeated Federals, 10-6. And in the minor league, Tigers defeated Central's, 11-5. And that was all for the baseball. Travis, we're going to catch up next week. We're going to talk some more. Of course, you guys will be back on the Diamond this Friday night. Yep. The Lobster Coast Sports Shorts. We're talking tennis. Heidi, good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, good. Heidi, what can you tell me about tennis on the weekend? Tennis on the weekend. All right. So we um, had our Division 1 matches on the weekend. So Gambia did have a big win over the Mount Shank team, 11 sets to one, we'll do a shout out to Will Boston, the uh, lonely Mount Shank winner who did defeat Will Cameron in his singles. So well done, Will. Um, Glencoe defeated Reedy in a tight one there, only by a few games. It was six sets 65 to six sets 57 in that one. And the final um, game of the round saw so Uniting having actually, I'm surprised by this, a big win over West, 10 sets to two. Shout out to the West girls. Jess Stutley defeated Tessa McGaw. That was a big win for Jess, 6-2. And Ella Jolly defeating Jade Delaney, 6-3, picking up those um, 
two sets for the West team. Um, so, yeah, that was matches for the weekend. So our ladder sees Uniting still sitting um, on top, followed by West, Reedy and Gambia rounding out the fourth spot. Um, not much ahead of Glencoe, and Gambia and Glencoe do play each other this coming weekend, so that will be interesting. The ladder could change after next weekend. Um, a shout-out to all the Mount Gambia players that headed to Lucendale last weekend in the Baker and Ice Shield. Um, they were successful, winning the, both the Baker Shield and the Ice Shield up in Lucendale last weekend, so well done to all players that travelled up. And finally, in tennis, uh, this Sunday, we've got a junior tournament. So the JDS tournament being held uh, on Sunday, the 3rd of March at Olympic Park. So there should be some good um, junior tennis action on Sunday this weekend coming as well. Heidi, we'll catch up again soon. We'll talk more about what's going on tennis-wise across the Limestone Coast. Thanks for dropping by. No problems. No problems.